Streams podcast, a special Listen Up edition. First time ever, I believe, David Gunn, the star of Listen Up, and I are in the same location. Yes, we are. Feel you're not on speakerphone. I'm not on speakerphone, so it's probably a It's going to be so good. It's not that uh, I'm not in my uh, Grand Cherokee <laughs> the driving down 85. Yeah, see, we got Kane calling in. Kane is still calling in. David and I are in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta. Uh, we are at the Omni Hotel taping tonight. I'm at the NCA Inclusion Forum uh, 2019. David was kind enough to drive down. We are enjoying some beverages and getting ready for the podcast. And Kane was able to get the family situated, my niece to bed. Yes? Mm-hmm. Did yeah, that, did that yeah. go according to schedule or a little over? No, it was a little over, man. I was on straight daddy duty tonight. Carrie went out with the, the girls. Oh. I went to a, a coach's little social function, one of our coaches, um, kind of a get-together for him. So I had the little baby daughter with me, and she was partying up with me, and then I had to get her out of there before she had too many uh, little, whatchamacallit, little applesauce deals. Yes, get too much sugar. Yeah, a little saucy. And so got her home, got her into bed, man, so... Is there a routine? Like, is there a thing you have to follow to get her to bed? And David, I'm going to follow up with you. Did your daughters have a routine? Because my kids all three had different routines to get them to go to sleep. Does Ava have a, like, we're going to go A to B to C, night night? Yep, yep. So she is usually, we, we go pajamas, and then we put her in a little sleep sack, get her a little bottle of milk, and then I got her, she's got this little blanket slash... Uh, stuffed animal that okay. is her like freaking kryptonite you give it give it and to she's her, out and she you lay her and i put her in my lap and she's out man. it's, <laughs> it's awesome because i can just put her in my lap give her a little deal yeah and i can be watching sports tv whatever and she'll just knock out right there in my lap how did you discover the kryptonite i think carrie was the one that had read something about these little blanket little mini blanket stuffed animal deals that okay. apparently they just love and so she got her one and instantly it was her she just had a connection to it yeah. this crazy deal we yeah. tried to buy her one that was like a backup just in case we lost this one <laughs> <laughs> gotta have the backup. backup was like yeah man but, but the backup was not a like the exact replica it was a different brand oh you got a knockoff oh you went yeah. honey o's instead of honey nut yeah. cheerios and she Freaking instantly was like, nah. She don't that play up. that shit. Uh, she do that. Like, like, don't, it, Dad, it. don't bring this week. <laughs> exactly. Bootleg. Come on now. It's like trying to buy me some Payless Jordans. <laughs> did your daughters, daughters have a routine? Different, same, similar? Um. Well, we we used to always have I have to sing this uh, the shoo shoo song. Okay. <laughs> don't sing it. No, nah, I ain't gonna <laughs> sing it. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he's talking about going shoo-shoo. That was night-night. Okay. So that was the thing. Like, you know, at the walk up and down the uh, the little hallway. Yeah. And holding them. Holding them, singing a song to get them to sleep. But, you no, know, both of our girls were really good about 
for the most part about going to bed. Pretty like, scheduled right away. Yeah, they were pretty scheduled. You know, my wife Janelle was always really good about keeping them on schedule and doing all that. Yeah. So, you know, it was. I'm not gonna lie, like it was pretty easy. Knock on wood. Because then you're gonna pay for well, that. I ain't like having 15. no more kids. So <laughs> no, like, but 15. No. You're gonna pay for the simplicity of infancy with a 15 year old daughter telling you, Dad, go. You know what yourself. I'm going here. Nah, that ain't happening. Oh <laughs> no. So today we we got listen up, and typically listen up is David coming on, talking with us about what we want to listen to, what are important or what are impactful podcasts you should be dialed into. We've expanded that to some Netflix offerings. We we're just talking about you binged and consumed all of Sopranos. I did. Are you? And from what our conversation, I feel like you're giving it a B. I would probably give it uh, even maybe a little lower, maybe a really? B minus. Like, but give uh, context in comparison to the greatest. right. So I went back. I I didn't grow up with these Sopranos. I didn't. I wasn't one of those kids. I never had, you HBO. Didn't have HBO. Right. Me right. Neither. So you know, we Us neither. We didn't have all that. So I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to watch it growing up. So uh, you kept hearing about how great this was, right? Right. So and now I have a little bit more time. Like I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go back and watch it. It was on actually Amazon Prime. Okay. And we have Amazon Prime, so. I was like, I'm gonna go cheating back. on Netflix. It's fine. I'm cheating on Netflix. So I was like, I'm going to go back and watch it. So I binged it. And it's like six seasons, six or yeah, seven yeah, seasons, yeah. right? So it's pretty long. And it was good, but it wasn't It wasn't outstanding. Now, part of that could have been because it's dated now, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. We're in 2019. That shit came 2000s. out early 2000s. Yeah. So it's dated, but... Well, we're dated. We're really. dated. But when I compare it to like The Wire... Not close. There's no comparison. Kane, have you watched Sopranos? I got into it for maybe two seasons, and okay. then I lost track of it, and I never went back. See that that tells all I need to know right there. If you didn't, if you didn't continue, yeah, right. Because yep. if you're something you're really into and you think it's phenomenal, you're gonna, oh yeah, you're gonna go. You're loyal. Go the distance. I yep, I agree. 100%. Well, you said, and I brought it up. I said, is it better than Sons of Anarchy? And you said, fuck no. And I'm in because I'm Team Jax over Tony. Right. Yeah. But well, you know what's interesting, and I, and Kane, and I, I was telling Kip this is just. You know, so that started in the early 2000s. Just to go back and look at all the uh, the racist, homophobic, all the oh, stuff yeah. that was kind of accepted. Right. I don't want to yep. say accepted, right. but it was accepted back then. Yeah. You know, yep. you think this is still like early 2000s. This wasn't like the 70s or anything like that. Like, it that's just nuts. Yeah. Like it it's is. nuts. It is. It's crazy. Do you feel like that was society not being awake? To those things, or you? Because I feel like it was part of it was me. Like, I, I, I think it was big time society. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I think I've I've always I think I've always been keen to racial yeah yeah situations sure. just because I've I've seen it right like right. growing up you in a predominantly it. and yeah. seen it experienced it. You mean the guns or the black family in Billings? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. So I've always kind of, you know, experienced that, uh, but. I think from a uh, society standpoint, absolutely. But then even more so is, I guess I never experienced the uh, and, and paid attention to the homophobic stuff. Mm, right, oh, for yeah. sure. That was just part of right, the day. which yeah. is man, like yes. And you know what's cool though? The thing about Sopranos, I, I will give them credit for. It. They were ahead of their time with some of the shit. Like okay. you look back at some of the stuff that they addressed. In that, their is, episodes. that is still going on now, or that's hot topic. Give me an now. example. Uh, with homophobia, or with with um, uh, uh, um, uh, 
the fear of Muslims. Oh, Islamophobia. Oh, Islamophobia is huge. Okay. At certain points throughout the Sopranos, right? Yeah. And that's you know because they they go into they talk a little bit about nine eleven and this and there okay. and Islamophobia and they have a whole segment on it. Okay. And it's huge right now, yeah. right? Right. Oh, for sure. Man, so uh, you know that type of stuff is like, God damn, they were like. Some of the stuff was ahead of their time, like. But I don't even want to say it's ahead of the time because at the time it was that was a big part too, right? right? Because nine eleven was yeah. yeah. So I mean, see, that's why we like the guru, right, Kane? We like the guru on here because you can dive into topics about shows, podcasts. We did an off-air commentary because I listened to about forty-nine minutes of uh, Arian Foster, the Now What podcast, which is now on Luminary. Correct. It is on which correct. which scares me. David says it's easy to access, but that's like a new thing. I already got that. I went from you don't Spotify. like new, you don't like change. Yeah, man, I went from SoundCloud to Spotify to the podcast to the Apple. You know, right? I got Apple. If you're not Apple, like you're bait and switching me. I can't deal with it. I was well, Rappaport's moving to Luminary as Let's well. See, remember last now now listen up. I said I'm kind of out on rap, but rap is a big Dame Lillard guy. And I'm a big Dame Lillard guy, so we're, we're in. Anyway, so this listen up, Kane. The reason Kane and I have been throwing around staff meeting. That's like our next like offshoot or branch of our tree of the Cross the Stream podcast is staff meeting, where we bring on coaches from different sports. Could be same sports. We just bring on coaches and we sit down and we just talk about the profession, trends, frustrations, things, insights. In sidebar, David, you'd imagine who's in charge of the first staff meeting collection of human beings is the higher up in the hierarchy of coaching, which is Kane. So we're still waiting for him to gather the staff meeting gotcha. people. You know, that's in, that's internal across the streams beef. So you're just uh, throwing that out there? Just throwing it out there. <laughs> we're in Atlanta. I got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy. So, but I thought I this was a, a great segue because Kane and I have been wanting to do it. Uh, and David obviously is an owner of his own studio, been in, been leading in the fitness industry. You've been in charge of a lot of people. So we decided let's just take hashtag listen up and change it from the actual like audio of stuff and take it to leadership of people. Because Kane obviously being a defensive coordinator, I'm a head coach, David's an owner. Like we all have various roles and are in charge of leading people. And that lends you to like, hey, listen up, everybody. I'm going to preach from the mountaintop. And go carry out the tasks. So this is this segment. We want to just dive into how we do it, what's good, what's great, frustrations, history, best practices. It's kind of a free-flowing conversation because all of us, I'm sure, have a different style um, and different origins and different histories. But it's a it's a cool concept that I think David's a perfect guest for. So I'll start with this. When was the first time you felt like you carried the role or you were assigned the tag leader? Uh. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of it, and I think it comes from, because neither one of you have this just because of the time you were brought into this world. For me, it was hammered in because I'm the big brother. So, Kane, knowing our father and our mother, that was in knowing yourself as a young child... The responsibility of Kane F's up, some of that's on you because you're the big brother and that mm-hmm. little lunatic is doing whatever he feels like, like walking in the door with a Dr. Dre the Chronic necklace. Somehow hey, that I shit got... was hot, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was my entry point to leadership was big brothers have a different set of, oh, that was amazing, a different set of responsibilities than younger siblings. But that, that was mine. You two, go. Entry points to leadership. 
Uh, well, you know, I, I, I think some of it, to me, comes back to sports team in high school, right? When yep. you're we're talking about being captains. Yep. And I think, you know, I, I looked at our... Uh, our basketball team, right? Our senior uh-huh. year, and I think I think Kip, me and you yep. both were captains on that team. Yeah, and we're looked as leaders of the team, and you know, being able to be kind of the voice and to speak for that team, and to kind of you know be that individual that uh, communicated with the refs, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Uh, and and really being able to kind of galvanize the rest of the players on the team, and really kind of get them up and going and. And this and that. I, I think that's probably when the first standpoint of when I was like, maybe I'm aware really like of it. aware of okay. like, oh, maybe I'm a, I'm a leader, right? right? Um, but I don't know if it really kind of hit me as to the magnitude of what I was yeah. doing or what my responsibility was, right? right. Uh, you know, and I think that kind of transformed into becoming like co-captains when I was in college, right? On, okay. my, on my college football team. And even then, like, I was there like... All right, I'm a co-captain. Like, what's my responsibility? What do I do? What does it mean? What does that really uh-huh. mean? Gotcha. Um, you know, because the again, at least from my situation, our coaches didn't really pinpoint it and specify what that responsibility really you was. You just got it. Did yeah. you get a you were, tag on your on your jersey? Yeah, yeah. You, you were kind of just yeah, yeah. yeah you, you were you got a C and you yeah. were co-captain and you got to go before the games to the middle. Right. We had a a, a council. I think we we're like leadership council, and we kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talked about some things, but we didn't even talk about shit. Like, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. I think, too, part of it is you're, you're kind of, I think, at least for me, yeah. my situation, you're still kind of in that your insecure stage where, you know, I'm just worried about, you know, I want my team members to like me and yeah, yeah. I want to be friends and I want to kind of be right accepted in the group and we're all kind of cool. and Yeah. So it wasn't really you outspoken. You weren't trying to move people with it yet. No, nah, I wasn't trying to move people. It, where it really hit for me was when I became uh, general manager of my first Ballet Total Fitness. I was running my largest. The Minneapolis? Largest, Minneapolis, yeah. largest Ballet Total Fitness. I think I was 22 years old. I'm running a multi-million dollar company. Yeah. And I have, I don't know, 100 employees. That's and big. I didn't know what the fuck I was Right, going. no, 100 people's insane. That's bigger than a football team. Right, but, you know, at that point, it hit me. Like, I'm a leader of all of these individuals. Yeah. I've got grown men and women that have families that rely on me, right? Because yeah. they got to feed their families, right? Yeah. So I've got to help them be successful in their positions, right? So that's probably when it first hit me. Like The weight of it? The weight okay. of it. I am leading individuals. <laughs> yeah. And I am leading a multi-million dollar company, right organization. Decisions really matter what I do every single day. Kane, what about you? Man, it's tough, man. That's a a tough question, I think. But because, first off, the definition of leadership is so hard to me to define. And everyone's got kind of a little bit different different definition of what a leader is. Mm -hmm. And... I think from our perspective, or not our perspective, but from how we were raised, mm-hmm. I think our parents always kind of put that in our heads just because of who they were yeah, and kind of the roles and positions that they were both in all the time, you know, as educators and teachers, coaches, dad being a coach. And so we were always kind of exposed to that sports, 
in athletics in that leadership role. Yeah. That it was kind of ingrained in us in an early age. At least I felt this way. Similarly, you probably felt that way as an older brother and kind of with their expectations of work for you to be a role model for me. Mm-hmm. It was kind of ingrained in me as well coming up. Like, all right, you have to be a positive role model for everyone around you. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of have, I, that's how I always felt. Like, okay, I've got, I'm in, for whatever reason, I'm different. Okay. Wrong, whether right it's self-proclaimed or, or actual. Correct. Okay. And I didn't, but now, did I know how to lead or what I was doing? Hell no. Right. And I still, I still think I struggle with that every day anyway, as far as what it is to be a, not necessarily what it is to be a leader, but how to properly lead all the time. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's hard, it changes, it's just, it's a, but I think it was always from how we were raised, we were fortunate in that regard, in my opinion, where it was always an expectation and kind yeah. of a standard. Would for you us characterize it? Because I'm not in that regard. I don't want to. I'm not disagreeing at all. I, would you characterize it as be a leader focus or don't be a follower focus? And that, that sounds like, oh, really, Kip? Like you're trying to get profound, but I think there's a difference. Yeah. I think uh-huh. so. And I, I for sure would, I would 100% co-sign, there was always the, don't be a follower, do what you think. I don't know if I ever understood the magnitude of your choice should lead others. I think I always no, was like, no, my, no, choice saying, mine. my choice is mine. My choice is mine. Make your call. Correct. I think that would be, but to me, that's still leadership. Ooh. That's what I'm saying as far as leadership is not necessarily a, really always leading a group of people yeah. in a certain direction as much as it's a positive influence to me yeah. that's, that's my definition okay. of leadership is being is it, you're an influence okay. one way or the other you could be a negative influence you can be a positive influence okay. and i've always felt like we were held to a certain standard expectation of being a positive influence yeah one way or the other and like and, and if it's just the decisions that we make for ourselves which reflects um or in turn could help others go in our direction great um but that's kind of always i always felt that way coming up quick question so i guess i would ask because i i agree with that like i think and that's something i i I think i've always kind of believed and spoke on is whether we're all influencers right Mm -hmm. whether positively or negatively Mm -hmm. at any point every interaction you have with an individual is either a positive or negative you're influencing that individual right I don't know if I necessarily agree that, you know, if you're having, if you're a positive influence that you're necessarily leading mm. individuals. There, you know, I guess I look at leading individuals like you're, you're bringing them, you're almost, you're, you're pulling them along with you. Like you're bringing them, you're pushing them, whatever it may be versus an influencer. Um, again, it, it's just you're, you're doing things the right way is there a component of will in what you're saying like a leader will bring you where they don't want to where you may not want to go right influencer uh-huh. takes you where you might choose to go is that accurate that, yeah yeah i think that's a hundred percent what do you accurate. think Kane? on yours i don't i don't know i, I think there's there's yeah I, I see what you guys are saying i don't know if there's it's hard to distinguish yeah between the two of them to me well let's go like okay a, let me let me build on that with 
Kane having student athletes, David having employees, myself having both in Kane you too with with camps and stuff, student athletes and employees. It def- when did you first think to yourself like when did you remember making a conscious choice that was going to make other people do X? Right? Because like David, like you said, like captains, like I remember the same thing. Like, yeah, you and I I thought it was cool that we could go to the center circle yeah. for our team. I thought it was cool in football. Oh, dude, like, coin toss. That was awesome. Like that was cool. I'm not sure I equated it with my voice should carry my voice should make number eighty seven do what I think he should do. I think I was like status, like yeah, I'm important. I'm out here first, but I don't know if I thought about consequences of my words leading others until I'm trying to think about college. I think maybe college, and this is digressing into a Kip story, but when I was a captain, one of my roommates was not named captain, and I remember us having a heated debate about who should be captain, who shouldn't be, based upon who guys are afraid of. And I was like, fear shouldn't equal leadership. Fear means you're being a dick. And we had a debate about that. So for me, that was probably my first time really diving in, getting deep on captain means more than the C right on your jersey or first toss. And that was I'm 20, maybe. So you guys go. When was the well, first I, I just think about even my, my junior year in, in college, right, is my first year at UNI, and I think about the captains on our team. I can't remember any type of leadership that they provided that you know was to, impactful that was impactful to me yeah right yeah. maybe maybe from an influence because they did things the right way as far as how they carried themselves yeah but again that's where i kind of i don't know maybe that's how i distinguish some of the type yeah. of leadership like there was nothing that they did that i felt led me to anything yeah. right uh-huh. to anywhere so right if I, so if i said when you were a first year guy at you and i the captains were not impactful in terms of leadership. They were impactful in terms of example. Example, right? You know, one of our captains was Brad Meester, who played years, in, right? years for uh, Jacksonville as their, their center, right? Yeah. He, he, there's probably no better ambassador for the NFL, right, than this guy, right? Yeah. Just the way he carried himself. But as far as a leader, like you weren't playing third down for Brad Meester. No, not at all. Okay. Right, but he was. As far as influence, the way he carried himself, mm-hmm. right, and went about his work and how he did things and how yeah. he, even from a schoolwork standpoint and how he took everything so serious and, like, yeah. there was no better person as far as to be influenced by. Okay. okay. Does that make sense? Did you make choices then, like, my actions, say your, how you present yourself in the classroom, was it because, hey, I would like to portray myself like Brad does? Or, like, Brad does this, I need to follow that example. To be honest with me, like, I'm just talk, speaking to me myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah for like, sure. Yeah. I didn't give a shit what Brad did. Gotcha. Like, no, that's it, it came across as, to me, it was how I'm going to carry my, my family name. Yes, right? okay. That that was just me, like... No, no, yeah. Again, that was all instilled, I think, from an early age with me, with... Is that know, from my, dad? My, my father, right? Yeah. Like, with... Yeah. All right, we're going to carry the gun name, holds weight. Like, yeah. I don't care what you're at, where you do. You're going to work your ass off, right? Yeah. You're going to uh, you're gonna bust your ass in anything and everything that you, yeah. you, 
you're going to do, you may not be the best at everything, but you're going to work, outwork everybody right. and everything that you so do. So that was the leadership there. That, yeah, the absolutely, absolutely. And again, I saw that from my dad, so he yeah. was an influence in that standpoint, but he spoke to it as well, gotcha. right? So that yeah. was the leadership that... So Meester was more like, I respect that guy. I was, I just respected gotcha. what he did. But I think that comes from the leadership that I saw in my dad. Like, okay, I see characteristics of In what of I this. already believe in. Exactly. Okay, Kane. That's really good. Yeah. Um, Similar? When was the first time you were aware or consciously choosing a leadership, either decision, mantra, action? Mm-hmm. I, that's, <laughs> again, I th- I'm, still, I'm still caught up on this what is leadership question, okay. essentially. Yeah. Because, right? I, again, I, and I, I'm with you guys both, where no one sat you down coming up. Okay, let me do this. Did you do stuff? stuff. Did you do stuff because Pops did? Because Pops said we should do it? I know I did. Dad said we should do X. We should do it. So is that our first example of leadership? Or do you remember like a coach or a... When was the first time somebody outside of Dad, like David said the same thing, Emo... When was the first time somebody else influenced you to do something? Uh, when, there, it, I did it again. Influence versus leadership. Because <laughs> I don't. Remember yeah, I mean they're intertwined, right? Right. I mean it, it's tough. Like, I remember a captain at Willamette when I was a sophomore cussed me out because he said, "Why didn't you come to the Christmas function for the team?" And I just honestly, I just punted. I said, "Option B, I'm not going." A selfish, you know, being a sophomore that thought X, Y, Z. And he said, why didn't you come? And I said, I made up some excuse. And he said, no, it matters that we're all there together. That's leadership. That is leadership. That is leadership. That was like the first, because I can't remember. Because he explained and broke it down to you. Like the why. Yes. Because we all want to kind of know the why. Yes. Right. And I think that's important, right? He's in my dorm room. So influence would be, okay, he went, you saw, right? I think influence to me is like they. It's not next. It's not necessarily communicated. Right. The right? why. It, there's no why behind it. Okay. Okay. Just I doing it because I saw it. Yeah. So you guys are speaking strictly towards like verbal outward leadership is what you're speaking of. Maybe. Or maybe like somebody. Somebody carries such weight with me that I will do an action that maybe I wouldn't choose for myself. Because I want to make that person happy. Well, I think in today, and I think, King, you're, you're bringing up a good point, right? Because I think in today's day and age, especially nowadays, I think everybody wants to know the why and wants to have that communicative piece mm-hmm. to understand mm-hmm. why you're doing what you're doing, right? Because, yeah. you know, I don't know if so much today can 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 be considered leadership. Like maybe maybe when we were growing up, Right, it could have been considered leadership. Whereas the the uh, I could I could I could see what so and so did and follow their steps, and that's leadership. I don't know if that can happen as far as today uh, without there there being some type of communication behind why they did what they did versus just just being all right. They influenced me to do this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Right with the influencers. Like when you think about Instagram with Instagram influencers and right. Facebook influencers, yeah. all this type of stuff, right? There's no yeah. communication. Like, all right, they just influenced me because so and so that I think is really cool. They like this product, so yeah. they influenced me yep. to buy this product. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I may be getting into a whole different... No, no, no. It's fine. No, but I think that is the... Di dichotomy is just a fancy word. I'm not sure it applies. I think there is a big question about variations of leadership. And when Correct. you find your path, is it... Is it adequate? Is it effective? Is it accomplishing what you think it is? Even if it's not the same as what, like the three of us could have all three different varying versions of it. And we all, we all have worked for people, right? That, okay, I wouldn't do that way. I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't do it that way. I would do it this way. You know, you're taking bits and pieces of what you've experienced and throwing it into your own kind of way. Um, but I think it is useful to go back to the origins of when you first made a choice to lead. Because I, I think it's, uh, it is it is later than we probably would think. than what like Or maybe when we were first effective at it. What about that question? When was the first time? Because I can say this story. I didn't even think I wanted to be a coach. Like our father's a Hall of Fame coach, right? He didn't coach and he's still coaching and he should stop coaching. He should enjoy life. But he's been doing it for 40 years. Right, our mother's an administrator. She's been in a leadership position in private school, and the like. The first time I ever even remotely considered following them, I did a basketball camp. I called a play, and the team ran it. And I was like 19, coming back from selling cars with David, and I just, I'm going to do camp because I want the money and I want to go see my girlfriend. They had nothing to do with leading little kids. I'm just going to do it get some Snickers out of the deal, and go back to my college. And I called a play, they ran the play, and they were happy about the play. And I, this sounds really cheesy, but I was like, wow, I like that feeling. So was that really leadership or like command and follow? I don't know. But that's my first moment of like, that happened because I did X. And maybe it happened, even when I was a captain, like as a teammate, I can't remember... I'm trying to think of like a moment I was like, you, you should X. I don't know. I don't know if I did. I think I played really hard. I think I gave a shit. You know, I cared about it. You know, that's funny. I think about like, so that, that brings me to a point, right? Yeah. I can remember, that, and again, we, we can get nostalgic and talk about old, old <laughs> times. We're, we're at that age. David's got gray in his beard, by the I, way. I got gray. gray I got a little gray in my beard. Yeah. That just means I got a lot of wisdom, so people should pay attention to what the fuck I say. Yes. <laughs> I can remember, we, we, we in high school basketball, we were playing a game our senior year, Yeah. and I remember um, we, we were pretty good our senior year, and, right. but we, we hit a, a, a lull, I think, the third of the way through the season. Mm -hmm. I, I remember, I think we lost to like a class A school or yeah. something like that. And I remember one of the games, like I, 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 I got, I bumped my head and I got a, a concussion. Okay. Do you remember this? Yeah. I had a concussion and, uh, but I came back and I played and blah, 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 blah. But I remember after the game, my dad, he like, you know, my dad, he didn't make it to every single game, but he made it to most games as, yeah. as much as he could as, as he was working. He's like, man, he was like, I'm so proud of you. Like he was like, da, da, da. And, like me and my dad, like we never really had these super discussions about the game. He was like, I'm so proud of you. And it was like one of the games where I scored like one of my career highs. But you were loopy because of the concussion, right? And he's like, and I was thinking maybe he was proud of me because like you know I scored a lot of points that game or whatever. Yeah. He's like, man, you just you played so hard that game. You just played so hard, and that's why he's proud of me. I was like, man, like, yeah. He's like your effort, right? And I can remember 
we had a team meeting to discuss because we were going through a law, right? Uh-huh. So we play, called a players only meeting. I think me and you called yeah. it. Yeah, we did. And I, I think I told everybody this story about yeah. just playing hard. And I think, and it just brings me back to the point of like, I think that's maybe one of the first times I, I displayed like true yes. leadership in speaking to like a you team. You were showing something you had acted upon in hopes people would do the same. Absolutely, yeah. right? Well, simple step of calling a players only only meeting to me is showing leadership well i think you know in the be and i'll give credit where credit is due one of the things is you know i think that comes from 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 kip like i think one of the things and me and kip have been friends for a long time but i always kind of look to kip for leadership he was always kind of my steadying force as far as uh a kind of a, a a moral high ground and and leadership for me was was kip you know, so when yeah. I hear Kip say that, you know, he doesn't even know that he displayed leadership until mm-hmm. a certain time frame, I always kind of think about it like, oh, God damn, then I was looking at this dude for leadership. Right. So exactly. none of us knew what the <laughs> fuck we were doing, we were right? Doing. See, and I, I just don't think that that, I think you guys are both thinking of, or from the sounds of it, like, Kip, your, your deal, your example of your first time you felt like a, a leader you were talking about more of like a teaching moment right? and more of like a leadership from an actual true, um, whatchamacallit, leadership via position, positional yeah. leadership, just because you were the, essentially the coach of this young team yeah, and calling a play that they had to listen and run to or run because of your position. Yeah. But that to me isn't necessarily leadership as much as just as coaching or teaching. Yeah, you know, X and you know O's, yeah. Right. Whereas... Whereas the calling a players meeting yeah. as a peer amongst your peers and saying and giving examples of how you guys are, you know, sacrifice, whatever the meeting involved. Right. The examples that David, you were talking about, that to me is leadership. That That's a hundred percent a definition of being a leader, whether you knew you were being a leader or not. Yeah. That to me was displaying leadership in the fact that David's saying shit, you were influencing him in a positive way in a lot of, a lot of different ways again that's leadership so that to me is leadership no i, I think that's a gr- whether you're you are defining yourself as a leader you have already had impact in people's lives in a positive way which again is leadership it's not necessarily the getting the entire student body to strike or <laughs> freaking you know do whatever right there's still a you're, you're leading in different ways and granted, are we were we good at it? Uh, not not necessarily, not by certain definitions. Yeah. But if you take it by a definition of which I see it as, yes, you got both. You guys were were influences on me over the course of my life. So let me 100%. ask you this: No, I I, I I I think that's a great segue into this question. Can you teach it? That if half always, the time we're not aware of it, right? Uh, can you teach it? So when always, Kane, you and I, like, so David, you got to name question. managers of the studio, right? You got to name people because you don't, you're not there every day. I got to name captains. Kane, you got to name, you got to help name captains, right? Coaching yeah. staffs have to designate coordinators to position coach to GAs. And we do that kind of arbitrarily. Everybody has different processes. But mm-hmm. If we are saying in some of our background information that leadership kind of naturally occurs, are we wasting time teaching it, or are we just now we're going to harness the power that naturally people have? I, I, I'm a firm believer that you can teach 
some leadership. And, and but I'm also a firm believer that there are individuals that are just natural born leaders, mm-hmm. right? That just have that charisma, uh-huh. that have that that trait. That but, draw humans to them. Yeah, draw. Yeah, that people are just drawn to them. Like Kip, you're an individual. People are just drawn to you, like regardless. Like yeah. even though you had the the two tone penis haircut, <laughs> like you're you're an individual. <laughs> in the mustache. mustache, right? People were, sweats. and I think even to this day, right? People yeah. are drawn to you, right? You have something about you that people are drawn to you, and yeah, um, this this trait about you, right? But I, I I think there's also individuals that you can teach to be leaders, right? Okay. I don't think necessarily that they're going to be as effective as a natural born leader, right? But you I, can I, get them to functional. But you can be absolutely that you okay. get them to functional leader. Like I, I'll put it like I, I've, I've seen many of cases and I've dealt with individuals yeah. like that, that I've had managers that I've worked with that I don't think had natural born leadership skills, mm-hmm. but through time and effort, and it takes time and effort to yeah. get them to that ability where, you know, they can get to the point where people will follow them, right? Because that's what a leader is like, where you can get to the point where somebody will run through this brick wall for you because they will follow you because they believe in what uh, you are, your, your vision, what you're trying to do, what the yeah. end goal is, whatever it may be, right? Yeah. That individual will run through this brick wall. That's that's at the end of the day, right? And I think a big part of that comes through being a servant leader, right? Okay. Right, at the end of the day that yeah. you're, you're, if you want somebody to follow you, follow you, you're, you're, at ground zero with them, and right. you're, you're doing what they're doing, right? Yeah, and they yeah. see it firsthand. They're, you're coaching it's them not through preaching it. from the mountain, right? It's not preaching from the mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kane, have you guys have you seen that in your career on both sides? You know, as a player and as a coach, you've had yeah. more natural people, but you've also been able to train effectiveness. See, that that has always been a big question. Um, that. Speaking to staff meetings, we go round and round in staff meetings all the time talking about who our leaders are, how can we develop leaders. And it seems like every year that's the big question is how can we continue to develop leaders? Yeah. Develop leadership within our locker room and you know, the captaincy captaincy or whatever that word is and, and what what is it what is it to be a captain? Who should be our captains? And man, it's it's every year it's it's so interesting. Because mm-hmm. I think every year you have captains that either you, however you do it, sometimes coaches pick it, sometimes we've had, obviously, the players pick a vote, sometimes the players vote, and then the coaches still pick who they yeah. feel are, are your true, are your better leaders, or, or who will represent people better. It's just, but to me, it's always still comes back to the theory of everybody can be a leader. Okay. And whether you're like, David said that that natural born leader that has that charisma that is can be vocal, can lead through not only actions, but is not afraid to be, uh, you know, an enforcer of things and be able to call people out, not afraid of conflict, not afraid of the uh, confrontation and telling people exactly what it is that, that they're doing wrong and or doing right. You know, you've got the positive leaders that are that can bring that encouragement um, or again, you've got the just the guys that are going to kind of be in the background, but are still influencing in a positive way. And then you've got the leaders that are the negative guys that you've got to find and be able to eliminate because so, they're that's leading a, people in the wrong. Direction. That's a great point. If I you know, am a dissension in the ranks, right? And we can all mm-hmm. the saboteur, the pessimist, you know, all the, those different yep. words that different people get paid a lot of money to use. 
to describe yep. people we know that just aren't on board. Is that really leading? It could yes. be. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're, lead, you're you're leading in other individuals on that path. Okay. You're getting, yeah, you're you're getting people to see your vision of whether that vision is a positive vision yeah. or a negative vision. Hundred percent. If you two think about and it, we've all seen it. Well, that's what I, yes. my next question. What are characteristics? Oh, and maybe not even like the saboteur, like the person that's actively in. Man, I think about that senior year meeting you're talking about, and I want to say a name, but I'm not going to say a name of the saboteur in that meeting. But if you think back to ineffective coaches, teachers, administrators, managers, executives, is there a common trait that you would identify as, I tell you what, if that is sniffed out by the followership, you're done. That that would lead people, you know, like that would identify you as either leading the wrong direction or you're flat out failing at the leadership. My main thing, I'm trying to... like pinpoint it is I may be a person that if I don't just if I don't smell authenticity with you I'm out. Yep. And authenticity might be your give a damn level, but also maybe this is a maybe there's a better word for this. Dave and I were talking about this earlier. If I don't think you have an accurate knowledge of what you're talking about, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm finished. With like, let's. I'm gonna try to throw a hypothetical out there. Let's say I'm gonna just take myself. If I am trying to get my guys to buy into a ball screen defense, and I don't know the verbiage and or the area on the floor where the other team is gonna do it, and they do, I think I'm done. I'm Credibi- f- it's all credibility, right? Yes, like, there, there's the word. That's a better if word. You don't have credibility. credibility. There, it it's is. a rep, right? That that's why it was always. And again, I I I think. I always had difficulty. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'll even speak to my years at U and I. Like my DB coach never played DB. So you had a hard time. He, was, he transformed from a wide receiver coach, right, uh, to DB. Yeah. So it was hard, right? And like you he, knew that. Oh, absolutely, I knew. Like he had no credibility within our DB staff. Like, yeah. What do you know, right? Yeah. And exactly. I, you never played. You never, you never played. Uh, I think that was tough for me. So I want to take David's comment, Kane. You've been a linebackers coach, and you were an all-American safety. It, a little bit different, though. No, but I'm not, I'm not saying like that makes you. Oh. But I'm saying, how did you overcome that? Because I think there is a gap there. How did you do it? Did you build credibility with your work ethic, like the guys knew? Well, can I can uh, go ahead, and go ahead, before go ahead. before you even speak on it, Kane? Yeah. Like I would take it as a player standpoint. He would have instant credibility for Good. number one, right? Because he played at that school. Yeah, was a legend at that school. Was an yeah. All American at that school. Is it same side of the ball? Same side of the ball, and was a defensive player. Gotcha. Instant credibility, just because of the mindset. Is, yeah, similar. it's a little to me, right? Gotcha. That would no, be my yeah. So very, very different, right? When you switch yeah. sides of the ball, right? Yeah. And I'm just speaking from my standpoint, yeah. right? And my coach, like he coached one side of the ball. Yeah. He didn't play period ever correct right so it was very very different no, no, i can say oh for sure i can i've seen examples because like kane would have instant i i and again i'd assume he probably walked in there with instant credibility yeah just from who he was his name and he even though he played safety yeah not a whole yeah. hell of a lot of difference from how he played gotcha. to 
That linebacker. There's something he hey, can teach those that, individuals. Talk to that. Like, when they told you, we want you to coach the backers. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, I think David definitely brings up a great point as far as just the initial credibility just based on the fact that I had played at that school, had a right. good name for myself in that regard, played on the defensive side of the ball. Um and so there was in some of your accolades. That, so it was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so there was there was respect in that regard initially. But I think if I would have gone in there and just spewed off some freaking bullshit <laughs> how to play the position. Yeah. I think you, you would have lost I would have lost that credibility. Did you and go to so, work? Was there a part of you that was like I can't be an imposter. I have to know this. A hundred percent. Okay. You can't. I, I think that goes in anything you're doing. Like, yeah. I mean, what you hit on before. Like, I mean, that's a big part of being. You can't be a leader of, of people or claim to be, especially in this, what we do, if you don't have a knowledge to back what, you're, what your vision is for whatever it is that you're, you're trying to lead or, or be a part of. Uh, and so <laughs> it's no way in hell if I would have went in there and, and tried to freaking teach some techniques that were absolute bullshit, and guys will see right through that mm-hmm. regardless. And it's even coming back to going from linebacker to being at UW and, and working with the D-line and, and working different. But, I mean, anytime you go into a room and, and you are presented as somebody that is supposed to have knowledge and you come off as not having knowledge, mm-hmm. I mean, they'll see right through it. Immediately. stupid. They are not stupid. And so when I and when I came back, and now I'm coaching secondary again, and regardless if I had played safety here and, and had the success that I did, regardless of all that, if I would have came back and, and started to, again to throw out some bullshit in the first meeting, guys would have seen right through it. Where is the line when your life experience is now – damaging to if you keep relying on that as your sole source of credibility and the reason i bring that up is like in recruiting so i played at willamette similar to kane um so i played at willamette 9701 i feel like at this point in 1920 i can't go back and say when i went here right yeah you know what in 2001 the dorms were this way and when we play like i feel like that is no longer credible Right. So what's the line? What's the the expect like the demarcation of yes, your life experience or what you did matters as a leader versus dude, you're old. Stop. <laughs> it was a whole different game then. Yeah. Right. What's the line? Yeah, and does I, that what is that what does that come into your play? Because you're fitness, right? Right. And you don't like you have you don't have a CSS degree, but you're pretty good in the fucking industry. So where Go. It, it, I think it, it's very, very similar. I was. I, I can just think back to last week. I'm talking to one of my team members about how to get point of sale referrals, right? Okay. And I'm talking her through some of the things that I used when I was in sales, right? Yeah. And I was, I was a frontline years of that. What was years of that? Two thousand three. So we're talking two thousand four, two thousand five, okay. right? So we're yeah. talking. Years ago, right, right. It's damn near two decades. I'm not. I don't want to rain right. Damn near two years. But you know, one of the things, and again, I'm trying to convince her to the point is, I think I, I even acknowledged to her that I realized that this was a long time ago. <laughs> but when you're talking about sales and and in this business, the thing about the sales world is it doesn't change a lot 
decade like year, foundational human foundation, knowledge yeah it doesn't Correct. change a lot okay right so some of the same things some of the most basic fundamental fundamental uh, fundamental things that we used back then are still valid today okay. that are successful uh-huh. right okay. and it's almost even better to kind of utilize some of those things to start with yeah to be really successful in your craft and your field today so right? she believes you because of your history of success. Well, and I think necessarily... that's just with my relationship with that individual. And okay. I think it all comes down to, and anything comes down to, whether it's coaching, whatever industry you're in, comes back to your relationships because people will buy into you, to you. first yeah. and foremost before they buy right. into any type of theory you have. or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I think, and again, I think, yeah. I'm using that word think, she bought into me. Right. But I have noticed that she has had an uptick. There you go. And once we coached on this aspect of point of sale referrals and and her using some of those techniques, because we spent some time diving in and and we, I don't even call it role play, I call it real play. Like, like, let's real play it. Okay. Like, not because everybody hates a role play. Yeah, for sure. Right? Let's real play it. Let's let's try to make it like a real situation. Yeah. Let's play it out. And we went through a couple times. You should hashtag that. Yeah, I no stole doubt. it. <laughs> so did I. It's not mine. Everybody steals yeah, you it. steal something from everybody, right? But um, it all comes back to the relationships you have with those individuals, yeah. and I and I think, Kane, you'd probably agree with the same thing from with your players. Like, you yep. could you could bring up something from you know your playing days, but at the end of the day, if they buy into you, they'll probably buy into what you're saying, right? Yes, there's no question. And I think it, it, it again it goes down to the, or it comes back to just trying to make sure that what you're saying to them, if it is something that you had done in the past, is still relevant to what they're asking you for right now. Um, you know, if like the fundamentals of sales are still relevant back in 2005 to what they are now, the same thing within the game of football, within the game of basketball, the fundamentals, the concepts, the big picture are still. Granted, is the game different? Yes. But those still fundamentals are still the same when it's all set down. Yeah, blocking, tackling. Uh, I mean, so it's still the fundamentals. Both there. of you, both of you, take exactly. a stab at this, Kane and and David. Follow up. Do you think when you say, do you both use the phrase "when I was," or do you draw on your knowledge? The knowledge is from when you did it, but you reframe the presentation. I feel like if I tell my guy when I was in the dorms. We always had a refrigerator. He's like, the second Kip says when I was, he's out. But if I say, you know, a pretty smart thing a lot of people have done is bring their own fridge. Same concept. What do you, where, how do you two, where do you guys land on that? Do you mix and match? I, I To me, I think that, that that's a good point. Like, it, it varies depending upon my relationship with the individual. Okay. I think if I'm really close... And I think I've got a great relationship with that individual. And I know that I use more of me. Okay, okay. Because I think that individual will, tends to relate more with what I say and they'll they'll follow. Like, I had a team member, and again, before I I, I stepped out into my own, owning my own business, and I was still working for Lifetime and I was running. Yeah. And and general managing a business, a large organization. I had an individual, she, she was so bought into me. Yeah. Right, and I was her mentor. Yeah. So I related everything to me and, and what I did just... because she was bought into whatever gotcha. I did. Gotcha. Yep. She seemed success out of that. But then some individuals I haven't, 
again, being an owner now, and I'm not there on the day to day, my you relationship it. it's not as tight. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm a little bit more distant. So then I've got to use more of those generals. Gotcha. Does yep, that make gotcha. sense? Kane, yep. what about you? Yep. No, it's very similar. Where uh, depending upon the connection you have, depending upon the relationship you have, I think you can dive into a little bit more of the, your whatever playing days or different examples from when you were doing it. Um, you know, players will ask you a lot of times, "Hey, when you were playing, did you guys go through this or did you do this? How, how did you go through, you know, certain situations or scenarios that they'd be going through?" So they may ask you those. Mm-hmm. I try not to, as much as I can, I, le- or I lean towards not using examples from my playing days. Mm. Um, I would prefer to use examples of players that I've coached in the past or players that, um, you know, that, have, that I've been around or been, you know, other great players uh, in what they used to do yeah. and, and things of that nature as opposed to using my own examples unless, again, they coerce it out of me and ask me straight up. Um, which some guys do because they're just curious. And I yeah. think that comes with building those relationships. Yeah. Um, but again, I'd like David, I think it is each scenario is a little bit different and each relationship and, and situation is a little bit different. If somebody, and I really hate this question and maybe you can just answer with why the question might be limiting or you have a, you have a great answer for it. And David, maybe you're even the expert on this when you're interviewing. I really hate the describe your leadership style because I really do feel like it is ever, it should be, this could be my personal bias, ever evolving because how I did it in 2010 was trash. At the time, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was perfect. That's what we should be doing. I thought it was informed. Well, what did you always say? When that question got asked to you, what? I think I tried to say, I think I stumbled upon the uh, a communicator. Like, I'm an effective communicator. Some cliche term. Cliche, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, so I always loved when people asked me that question, right? Yeah. During yeah. an interview, because I would always say, I'm a servant leader. Okay. Uh-huh. I Did that lead you into, like, stories now? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I would, I would serve, I, I serve my team. Mm-hmm. Right? First and foremost. So it kind of leads you into that um, I lead by example, right? Because okay. that's, that's kind of the cliche answer, right? right? for sure. I'm a, I lead by example, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. But when you say I'm a servant leader, yeah. right? I'm going to serve my team. Like, that. my team doesn't work for me. I work for them, right? You, you think about the president of the United States, right? Yeah. Everybody. Well, not this one. Well, like, let's, like I'm just using the, the figure, the figurehead, right? <laughs> yeah. Not, the, not the current is, administration, is, but is the figurehead, right? Is that individual works for all of us. Yeah. Not the other way around. Right. Right. Yeah. But I think a lot of people see it as the other for way sure. around. Right. And I think it's the same thing when you think about whether you're a CEO, a general manager, a coach, a head coach, whatever. Yeah. An owner, like, yeah. you work for your the team members. Yeah. Yep. Not the other way around. And that's what a servant leader is, right? So I think being able to kind of break that down, yeah. right? If we're just talking about an interview standpoint, yeah, yeah. that always tends to, I think, really impress. It's got to lead to follow-up and you being able to spin it. Not spin. Oh. Spin's the wrong word. Tell the tale. Well, spin. Like, call it what it is. It is a yeah. spin. Like, everything's a spin, right? Like, yeah. it's, but it definitely or, or tell leads the to tale. follow-up. Well it, well, it leads to be able to provide examples. Yes. Like, what do you mean, yes. right? And that's, that's anything the greatest... 
provider of how you're going to perform in a in a future position is how you've performed in past positions, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, being able to tell your stories of kind of how you've led people in the past, mm-hmm. that that brings it up like boom. All right, so tell right. me how you've been a yes, servant yes. leader. Give me some examples. Awesome. Let Kane, me, have you ever, because David gets to do this, I'm assuming, when hiring and deciding people. Have you ever interviewed for the captain spot? I haven't, and I should. Interviewed for a captain spot? Not you. Like, when you assigned, when you've yeah, been at Montana State, when you've been at UW, like, when I've, I've been, this is my 11th year coming up, I've never done an interview. Tell me why you should be the captain. Yeah. I've never uh, done that. Great. How in the hell have I never done that? It's a great idea. It really is. And I, I well, sidebar, like David said, I stole that from another coach who told me, like, what are you doing? You're stressing about the vote. You don't like the vote, so you just manipulate it. Well, that's dumb. Why don't you just interview for it? Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I, I, I wish I could, whoever is listening, and if it was you, I apologize, because <laughs> that was a phenomenal idea. That is a great idea. Because I, and, yeah, the captain, the captaincy, is that a word, right? Yes, captaincy, captaincy yes. The captaincy thing is is an interesting topic and subject because like you just said there's and we all and it was brought up earlier in this conversation where we've all had captains over the course of our time playing whether we were those captains or or we were under certain captains that just weren't they weren't the guys that we looked to when it came to leadership when it was all said and done right right um and so what's the point like what, <laughs> yeah what, what what are we doing it's just a a tradition that has been continued. It is. Well, let me ask you this, Kane. Like, let me ask both of you guys this because you guys are in it now, and I, I'm yeah. not. But with your captains, do you guys sit down and do you guys give them expectations of what a captain? We have bi-weekly and, and, and what's the responsibility of a captain? Yes, like, I have because that, again, that was never disposed upon me for the first five exactly. years. I said, "You're the captain. See you later." Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, for sure. And then I and I probably stole it. Maybe from conversations with you guys, from other coaches, and I was like, "Oh my God, I'm not coaching them in this at all. I'm just saying, please do this enormous job well, and then I will blame you if you don't." Right, and there's no experience. Right, no- so now I have, and I've stolen from, you know, military courses, other leadership. I, you know what is a great one for me? Uh, the ten minute manager. And the thing I took from that was if your delegation to leadership with underneath you involves you solving their problems, you're doing it wrong. You hired somebody to solve problems before it got to you. That's right? Apple. It's Apple? Is Apple, that Apple? Go Apple ahead. Go, because I know you have this Apple background. Apple in a nutshell, yeah. right, is Apple as a manager, as a leader there. Yeah. You do not solve problems at all. Your question is to ask, okay, so what do you want to do about it? Uh, what do you want to do next? Is to get individuals. What do you want to do? That's like the that is like the, the best question in the world, yes. right? Yes. You know, and we always forget about it. Because, For sure. Because I, I think, especially in the U.S., like we've been conditioned to, if you can solve problems. Do it. No, if you can solve problems, then that means your importance and your priority level of importance has gone up. Okay. You have just been raised. Your your ladder in your position and rank has gone up. Yeah. Because you can solve problems. Yes, yes. Right? You're Whereas, a fixer. You're a fixer. And we're doing it completely wrong, right? When you think about the idea of leadership and really building teams, building 
um, yeah. staffs, whatever it may be, is building future leaders yeah. um, underneath you, right? And yeah. future problem solvers underneath you is having them be able to solve those problems. Apple does such a phenomenal job, and I get so mad at myself. Like I forget some yeah. of those aspects that I learned yeah. in my three and a half years there. That is something they are phenomenal. Like you do not solve problems for individuals, and it's frustrating if you are ever a part-time individual sales associate at Apple. Yeah, your first three months there, you will be mad. Because nobody as helps fuck. you. They don't help you. Yeah. They make you think for yourself and yeah. solve your own problems. You'll come up to a manager and be like, "All right, so I got this mad customer. Da 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 da. da. They have this problem, this problem." And the manager, they'll be like, "Okay, they'll listen to everything. Great. I'll be intense. <laughs> I'll be looking you dead in your eye." <laughs> And the first thing after they, okay, yeah. Kip. So what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. I got to use it. Get, that, that's 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 going back to your servant leadership. Servant uh, leadership, absolutely. Because you're you're building their confidence. You're building them up. You're making them better. You're allowing yeah. them to yeah. start to lead themselves. That is and, like quote um, of the day. I love it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, and it's it's something that we're. Our whole thing is again, and it, it's all servant leadership. Is you've just that whole pyramid, right? As yeah. far as the the CEO or the bosses at the tip or the point of the pyramid at the top is essentially just flipping the pyramid on itself. Oh, and absolutely. Now, now you're on the bottom, and all of the everybody else that you're supposed to be leading, they're above you, and you are serving them. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the kind of the picture in your mind in order to kind of give you an idea of what servant leadership is all about. You as the leader are serving them. You're trying to get them to become better. Right. And, and in and turn, it's just going to help you. It's just going to make you and your whatever it's your business, your team, whatever, is going to be that much better because you just got a group of individuals that are all freaking leaders. All right. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about trying to make your job easier. At the end of the day, all we're trying yes. to do in our role, right? Yes. Whatever role yep. you're in is how can I make my job easier? Yes. I make yep. my job easier by those individuals that work for me or with me, mm-hmm. if they're better at their job and for they sure. can make better decisions, well, right? Just like you were describing yes. earlier night before we got on air, the deduction in hours you have to be physically present now. That's a sign of your people are doing their job. Right. So I'll give you an example. Like, so the individual, I got a general manager that runs my facility for me. Yeah. And he's great. Yeah. And he does a really nice job. But he also still, like, not as much anymore, right? Because... I I use I app I I, 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 I appled it a lot, <laughs> but um he used yeah. to call me all the time and, and used to check in with me all the time about hey so I got this and this and this what what do you want to do da 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 yeah. right and I and I, I I respect that right because I'm the owner so every dollar yeah. and cent it's you it's it, your kids. It's, it falls on me <laughs> it, it comes out of my checkbook right? right so I respect that but I said at the end of the day. I, and I, I, I've told him this a million times. I want you to run it as if it's your business. All right. So what do you want to do? Yeah. It's your business. I say, Ricky, it's your business. Yeah. You own this. What do you want to do in this situation? Yeah. Yep. And he'll think awesome. and he'll sit there and he'll like, all right, so I want to do this. Cool. Go do it. I was like, next time you don't have to call me for it. Just yeah. do it. I was yep. like, if I have an issue with it, believe me, I'll reach out to you. Yeah. But make a decision. Like I'm very big on just. Whether it's right or wrong, choose. make a decision. That's and choose. Doesn't that go back to that's such a good tie-in to what Schwab, Mike Schwab, good friend of all of ours, said on the last podcast: "Fail quickly, choose it, do it, man. Even if it yep. sucks, 
you'll learn from the you'll fact that you it. made the choice. Now, eventually, you would cut that off after like five wrongs well, that cost okay, you so some if, dollars. If you're, if you're, if, if, you're if that, your if that owner is, is worth a salt, yeah. or his or her salt yeah. is worth a damn, they will cut that off. And But again, they won't come down on an individual. Yeah. They're going to, again, if they're worth their salt, they're going to bring it up like, hey, yeah. all right, so I love that you made a decision. Yeah. And you made a decision quickly. Here's what I've done. Here's from my experience. Yeah. Here may have been a better decision, and here's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's so you're really not good. cutting that person off at the knees. That's really good. You want to write? You should write that book. What do you want to do? That's honestly, yeah. that's life changing. That's that's. I can't Kane, even write that book. About, that's Apple. <laughs> Kane, if you talk about players that come into your office, if you talk about staff things that go to your head coach or even your defensive staff that come to you. Doesn't that apply to everything? Everything. That's I was just thinking about that. Um, on the field, I, I want my players to do the same thing. I want my players making full speed decisions all the time. Yeah. And not worrying about mistakes. If they're out there thinking like, "Oh my God, if I make if I make this decision, that's wrong decision." By the time they got all that goes through their mind, the fucking play's gone. <laughs> they ended up just sitting there not. Doing anything and something probably bad happened. Waiting right? for you to draw the fix when they come off. Yeah, whereas just make a full speed, full speed decision. Go full speed at it. it. At least you went full speed, and we'll get you coached up on what you should have done as far as the technique. Yeah, where you should fit, where you should whatever. We'll get you coached up, but at least make full speed decisions. Yeah, when it's all set up. Yeah, and it's the same thing that like you said as far as within the staff framework. Man, I, I I want my defensive staff to, hey, man, it, <laughs> it's your group. It's yeah, your group. Make a decision. Yeah. Make, it, make Run a decision. It. Yeah. Run it. You do it. You got it. If I don't like it, I'll tell you about it, and we'll get it corrected. But just go, man. Let me but, so let me, let me ask you that because that's tough, though, like, because you, when you think about it, even from, like, a defensive staff, or even, I even think about yeah. from my managers, like, like, how do they know yes. that they have that ability, mm-hmm. right, I don't to make mm-hmm. those decisions? So, I mean, yes. you've almost got to yeah. be intentional no, with, yes. with with letting them know. And even when you're intentional, they still, again, if For they're, sure. they still think to the standpoint, well, it's it's not my money or it's yeah. not my... I'm not the result. head. I'm not the head or, yeah. again, at the end of the day, it's all going to fall on your shoulders. So, I want to always double check with you, right? right? So that's tough because again, that's that I deal with yes, that still now sure. with my my current general manager, right? Yeah, because yeah. he always kind of falls back. Well, it's it's not my money, and I was like, it is. It's your, <laughs> it's your, it's your, your I want you to run it. It's your money. Isn't like, I don't that though where you said the personal relationship comes in? Yeah. If you are shitty at building the relationship, they will always recheck because they don't trust you. They don't yeah. trust you to allow them to fail. Or do they yeah. or do they respect you so much that they don't feel like oh, they want to take advantage of you? Like it. so they, it's a fine line, man. No, that's a, a great curveball. No it's a fine line. 100% I do know that line. I can become frustrated whether it's an assistant, whether it's a staff, uh, whether it's a player, and I can think now like I didn't tell them that they had the freedom. I didn't probe give them, them free reign. I didn't give them free reign to solve this. I have made myself in certain situations the ultimate voice, and then I'm mad about having to solve it. Well, I th- I think you know I think any good leader always looks to him or herself first. Yeah. Right. As yes. 
Yes. I, again, that's all I was like. Yeah. All right, what did I do, or what have I not done to give yes. this individual free yes. reign or the ability to make their own Instead decisions? Of saying, God, they're an idiot. Right, and then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, because I, I think it's so quick to. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm guilty of it as the next individual. Yeah. Like, God, this fucking idiot. Right. Yes. Just <laughs> make a decision Hashtag, and go. What the fuck? Yes. Like, do it. Like, if I was in your shoes, I'd just gone and done it. But like. Then again, would I? I don't know. Right. Did you? Like, that's a great we're point. We're all in those shoes. That's a, that's the thing. Yeah. That's another part of that whole. Uh, another part of being a great leader is empathy. Yeah. And being able to put yourself in other people's shoes and, and uh, relate to their situations and even letting them know and, and giving them that vulnerability of yourself. Of <laughs> yeah, man. When I was in your shoes, I did this. I made this mistake. Whatever. And I think that helps build that trust or that, hey, you know what? We all aren't perfect. He's trusted me enough to make decisions. I'm going to do it. Blah, blah, blah. Kane, what did you take from, because your role at Washington was much more get orders, perform the task. And now, back at Montana State, you're barking the orders. Mm-hmm. What have you? What did you? What have you taken from what you used to do to what you're doing now? Like, is there a part of when I was a QC, I experienced X. Now as the DC, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen to my people, or vice versa. Yeah. Like this has to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah, it's a mix of both where you you take away from it. Uh, the one where yeah, I, I loved how this was operated, how we operated this, or how this. Um, how this process. was organized and processed and this was an awesome way to do it so here's how I would like to implement it here and then there's also other things as far as yeah I want to make sure that everyone within our staff is always on the same page and or I want to make sure the communication there isn't a um, lack of communication in this area or lack of communication This there, there's a lot of things that I think uh, you can learn from any scenario that you are in yeah. and take with you uh, to get better when it's all said and done. I mean, shoot, I, I learned from my previous stint as the co-coordinator and, and what I took from that and the lessons learned in that in that scenario, man. There's, I mean, and just coming up as a, as a coach, uh, as a young up-and-coming coach, um, just that feeling of, being connected to everyone else that feeling of being a part of everything else and i think as a qc that that was always something i felt like man that i don't ever want to be or put anybody in that scenario as either a qc a ga or a young coach where they don't feel valued a part of uh, yeah valued or a part of what's happening yeah you know i think that there's that can get in this profession in particular man that that there's a there can be a disconnect between your support staff, um, your entire coaching staff, your weight room, there's just so many people involved, and I'm sure it's the same thing within a business. Yeah, I'm sure there's so many damn people that, uh, with under your umbrella of sorts, that you have to try and touch and make sure that they feel a part of the team, or you're gonna lose them. Yeah, 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 yeah. When was the last time you failed at the leadership thing? Give me a story. I'll take mine. I would say when, man, there's so many. When I had a staff, in a staff meeting, K, 
Okay, so at the time I had uh, three assistants and a director of operations. And in one of those staff meetings, one of the staff members felt completely useless compared to the other ones. And at first I was, I was defensive. Like, what? Blah, 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 blah. But then when I really took a step back, and it was hard, obviously, and said, real, like, that is on me for making that person feel their contributions were either like ignored or undervalued, you know, and that really made me sit like the, my action step to that failure was I'm going to write out exactly what I expect from each of these spots. And my thinking was if I write it out and give them here is your job duties, they'll feel like at least if I accomplish this page, I did something. That was my addressing. But I really felt like, holy God, this person who's supposed to be part of my leadership team feels like they I do like they do nothing for me. And I haven't expressed anything that they do for me. That, that was that was a, that was like a, a come to Jesus moment for me. Either one of you guys. Yeah, I, I've, I've had a I, I think like you, I think I've had a, a few, you know, I think. You know, some that have humbled me. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think I've. I've had a great, a lot of great leadership moments mm-hmm. and experiences where individuals have, again, validated it for me. But I've yeah. had some where I was like, "Whoa, what?" Yeah. Like, it was like it blew my mind, right? And I, <laughs> I can think of, of, um, you know, one in particular, like, like, I want to say recently in the last six months, right, where I had a, a team member, you know, at the studio I currently own who. You know, she she was a frontline sales associate. She put in her two weeks, right? And she, uh, I had a meeting with her to kind yeah. of like, why? Like, what's going on? Like, what happened? Yeah. And she flat out told me that uh, you know she felt like she did, wasn't being valued, and that like that that I mean, when I tell you, it hit me to the heart because I'm such a big proponent of you know uh, out of all the things, right? If you study anything. In uh, the business world, right, when you study team members, the things that they want, mm-hmm. right, more than anything, more than higher wages, better benefits, all this and that, they want to be valued and appreciated for the job that they do is the yeah. number one thing that employees want. Yeah. So I've always taken that to, uh, I've always taken that into accordance of, of trying to treat employees uh, the right way and value them. And again, I'm not there on a day-to-day basis right yeah but at the end of the day i own the business so yeah, it all sure. the buck stops with you <laughs> stops with me right so she says she didn't feel valued so i wanted to hear why and mm-hmm. she went into some things and i could see her point mm-hmm. on some things yeah and uh my first instinct was to be defensive yeah well well this well that's because of this yeah and at the end of the day, like I had to stop myself, right? Yeah. And just like, just listen, like uh-huh. at the end, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's how she felt. You had to, you had to have empathy. It doesn't yeah, matter. I, at the end of the day, yeah. like, and I think this is what we're again. We could learn a lot, just as a as a nation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong, like whether right. it's the truth or not. That's how this that's individual how felt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's how. 
Again, I always take it as me because it's my company. Yeah. Again, it wasn't necessarily me because I wasn't there on the day to day, but it's my company, so yeah. I set the tone, right? That's yeah. how I made her feel. Mm-hmm. No, when I say that hurt, like yeah, yeah. it hurt to hear, but it was so good to hear. Exactly. And I'm so glad that it she forced action from you. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. And I thanked her repeatedly. Yeah, for giving us the feedback because most employees won't give you the feedback. No, they send out. They just send them out and they're done and they and they walk away. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah. like I, <laughs> like not only did I send her like a follow up text, thank you for the yeah. feedback. It's like a follow up, handwritten note, yeah, thank yeah. you for the feedback. Like it was so informative. Yeah. Again, did I agree with everything she said? Absolutely not. Right. Hundred percent. I felt a lot of it was, yeah, not the truth. But, but it made you ponder. It made me ponder. That's how she felt. Yeah. So it made me change the way that I did some things, and it made me change the coaching that took place with some of my leadership in my team. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, that's huge. So I don't even remember what the original question was. No, no, leadership you're not, you're failures? Is that what you did? It. You <laughs> no, like I got off on a tangent. No, you flunked thing. that test. She told you you flunked badly. Yeah, that you was that. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's so funny, man. I think you was, assumptions get you in so much trouble. Yeah, like you just assume that either your coaching point got across <laughs> or your. We talked um, about that. Yeah, well, I did yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's like that to me is. Like, I've got this deal that um, you know I hate when my players say that they've got something or they're, they're oh yeah I got you, coach. And, like, okay, really, do you have me, or, or yeah. are you just telling me? Um, and as a coach, I think you do the same thing, right? Right. It's like, oh, it, the first thing, like you guys both said, how defensive we get. <laughs> and it's so funny when I sit and watch film, and it's after practice or after a game or scrimmage or whatever it may be, and the player fucks up. Yeah. Whether it's the missed assignment, technique, whatever it is. And the first thing you always automatically say to yourself is what? I taught him that. We went over that. Exactly. We, we watched that, that in film, coach. We coached that. We did this. We did that. Yeah. How is he not getting this? And it's just it's so funny to me how often you do that. And just listen to your guys' stories and how that's the, I mean, it's just constant. It's the, the whatever natural instinct to just get defensive and instantly try and, no, I, I know I coached him on that. And in reality, right. You, you didn't coach it well enough, obviously. Something didn't click with the player or with the other coach. Um, so the, I think assumptions get you in so much trouble, man. And I, I know this spring uh, there's we had a player that just – I just assumed certain things. Yeah. And I assumed that we were on the same page. And a lot, there was times when we weren't. And, um, and again, not getting too – uh, which gone? Not that I think any players listen to this, but anyway, <laughs> what are you talking about? This is worldwide. We got, we got 110 <laughs> listeners, dog. They could be one of them. <laughs> but anyway, man, it, it just I get caught with assumptions. Yeah, for sure. You, but, yeah, because you put in X Y Z and you did yeah, this man, many I, hours of teaching, they got it. Because yeah, and because the the really good players got it. Because they're going to get it regardless if you're a shitty coach or not. Because they're good players and they retain information or they learn differently. They got it. But the players that we needed to get 
didn't get it because I didn't do it well enough or coach it well enough, explain it well enough, whatever. And it's 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 fun, man. Do and you that, think that's what makes this such a challenging and fun profession all in one? And David, I want you to because you have different metrics of evaluating your leadership. Because Kane, you and I most of the time can just say, "What was the score?" Okay, we did a <laughs> shitty job, right? And that may or may not be true. But is there, what are the points and the ways you evaluate yourself as a leader? So for me, like, yeah, obviously the scoreboard dictates a ton. But in some of the other, maybe even more important work, there's not a scoreboard for, is my character development programming taking hold? Like, I know that's one of the questions coming at me at my presentation tomorrow is how do you evaluate the effectiveness? And I'm not sure. Like, if, like you can say anecdotal, um... You can say a bunch of different things, That's but it's always a good cliche answer. For sure, right? I know. I just got yeah. the, I got the language down. <laughs> but what is like? How do you measure it? Like, is it for you as a profit? Well, is it I, members? I think, well, it, it's it's a little bit different now. I'm an owner of a one studio location, okay. right? So right now, a lot of it is just numbers, numbers wise, right? Yeah. Where where previously I was a general manager of an organization. That was a billion-dollar company that had, you know, 150 locations across the country, right? Mm-hmm. Huge organization where my my success, how I looked at success was, were I getting, was I helping individuals advance to positions that they wanted to get Ooh, to? Ooh, like the, were you a trampoline? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, so that okay. was really how I, I, I like looked that. at it. Yeah. Right? Because I could take an individual... I'll give a perfect example. Uh, I had an individual that I, I hired as a part-time frontline team member. Okay. This individual, again, now she was a little bit different than your average individual. She was very determined. Okay. She leached on to wanting a mentor, and you know she had very specific goals, so she was driven. Yeah. But after a couple of years, this individual was running you know not she wasn't a general manager yet but she was running the next biggest department you know a million dollar yeah a multi-million dollar department within my 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 organization yeah and doing very very well so that was success right because we got this individual protege did to where she wanted to be right and i had countless number of individuals is that that similar to like an all-conference nomination like my player is that is that equivalent? Well, yeah, I would think. So, All say American. you bring in a a and again, I again, I've never been necessarily a a, a coach in that in that manner of I I run a team, right? Yeah. But I would think that's very similar right. to you bringing an individual a freshman in yeah. and you sit in freshman down like. All right, so what are we have all of these team goals, yeah, right? For sure. What are your individual yeah, where do you goals? Be? Yeah, where do you want to be, yeah. right? And and you guys probably have those those conversations or. You know, I don't know if you did. Like, mm-hmm. And I think back, like, none of my coaches ever fucking had these no, conversations yeah, with me. But I don't know. Like, I, I digress. <laughs> Listen up, part right? two. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many issues with coaches, though. And I, and I think back to why do I not have ties to my high school and my, my colleges? Yeah. Is it me or is know, it my coach? I, I don't know. I, 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 but it's a whole other thing. right? I think I have some issues. I need therapy on that. Right? Yeah. But, um... I gotta, I gotta. But and probably basketball is probably a little bit different because you're probably closer because you've got a lot less individuals. Yeah, the right? football is a whole other world. Football is a whole different ball, right? But you 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 have what maybe twelve? Well, I got I got eighteen. That's D three. Eighteen. Okay, so you have eighteen red, individuals. So yeah. you probably are able to have those. 
for your, sure. Your relationships are a lot closer, for I'd sure. imagine. Yeah. Right? So you probably have those conversations with individual freshman you bring in. What, what are your individual be, goals? What do you want to do? Yeah. Right? Individual maybe tells you, hey, I want to be a, a an all-conference performer. Yeah. All right. So that's the goal to work there. Right. Right? So when that individual hopefully reaches that, maybe you by the time. You should feel good. That, that's validation, yeah. right? That we no, took the steps to I help this individual. I got two of them here with me this weekend. Yeah. For sure. Yes. So to me... That's success, right? right? Helping them get yes, there. Yes, I love that. Outside that of just the individual. Fits are, with your servant because you are purely existing to launch them. Right. And, what I, I, and again, you know what's funny is, so I hold, when I was previously working with this, this company before I took over my own ownership, again, I was a large organization. I had 300 employees that yeah. I worked with. So I did regular weekly group interviews because we're always interviewing. Because yeah. I, I ran 10 different departments. So I'd always have these group interviews every single week. That stresses me out, sidebar. Just thinking about that. Dude, it was it, it, it Dang, such, how many how many defensive players you got? Fifty? Sixty? Uh forty yeah, close to fifty, about forty seven, forty eight. You guys are killing me. I got eighteen. Right. So I would have but one of the things I would bring up in every group interview, I would tell them like my my goal mm-hmm. Once you're a team member here, is to help you get to wherever you want to be. And I, I, I this is I, right. like verbatim. I tell them whether you want to be the president of the United States or you want to be a general manager for this company, yeah. right? That was I'm going to help you get there, right? To help you uh, build That's the steps exactly to get there wherever you want to be, right? Once you recruit for us, it sounds exactly like us. It, you know, <laughs> but at the end of the day, that, that's what we do. Right. Our what we should do in our leadership no, for role, sure. right? And I think about yeah. it the same. Whether it's yep. Nick Saban, you don't want minions, John Calipari. That's why I, I, you know, people give John Calipari such a hard time, right? But yeah. I think he has hit the nail on the head, right? When it comes to recruiting and how he does it, and I think the yeah. honesty in what he does, he helps individuals get to where they want to. They come into him, and he's mastered the one and done, right? Oh, for sure. They come into him, tell him, you know, I'm a high recruit. I want to be an NBA player. I want to be a first yeah. rounder. I want to be a lottery pick. All right, I'm going to help you get there. Dude, I have yeah. heard and I'm John Calipari talk three times. Three different segments, like different venues, different spots. And you know what he said every single time? Guys, I make it about the kids. And I know that John Calipari is John Calipari, but you know what he does? He does give a shit. He gives a shit about the Where those you can kids go. I haven't listened to a single DVD, yes, but I've just listened shit. to the clips there, and I can tell he his, his, he's genuine, he's authentic in what he's, he's talking about. Yes. Because he knows... The numbers, and he talks about getting their families yes. the money that they want to make and they deserve. He like, talked about, I remember him specifically Using the system, saying, not letting the system use them. Remember the year they were undefeated? Yep. They were undefeated. Yep. And this is not anything to do with John Calipari, the schemist, the ex. Nah, that's what we're talking about. Which he I don't said, think he's I had Devin Booker who said, I want to be a draft pick. First rounder. And I had Tyler Eulis, same class. And he said the same thing. Devin Booker, at the end of his first year with me, was a lottery pick. I said, get out of here. Tyler Eulis was a second-round pick. I said, you should stay. And most people said that's because I'm John Calipari and I want Kentucky to win. But because it's about Tyler Eulis, who wants to be a lottery pick, you should. he had to stay to get there. And guess what he was? The 14th pick yeah. after his sophomore year. Yeah. And I was, was like... Was he really Tyler Eulis was the 14th pick? Yes. At 5'9". At 5'9". Yeah. Yes. And can't really shoot. Exactly, yeah. at all. And, but I was like, I'm in. I'm sold. I get it. Dude, he's he's yes. fantastic. Yeah. I think he's mastered that aspect of really giving a shit about your player right. and being a, a servant leader. Yeah. Right? Yep. And being there 
at the end of the day, my success is not necessarily always measured in the profit line or measured in wins and losses. For sure. It's measured in, did I help individuals get to where they wanted to be? Kane, is that is that what you've experienced? Similar? All conference kids or graduates, like, is that similar? Yeah. It's, and it's, it's so funny because it, it is every like it's not necessarily all conference like okay. everybody's so different right right like there's uh, I, I think back to a kid um who right before i left to go to uw this kid was a walk-on for four years he never earned a dime but continued to come back and continue to play and his whole goal his whole goal was to have some sort of success on the field yeah and wanted to be a starter on special teams and just wanted to contribute to the team i mean it's one of those stories that you're just like wow this kid like a damn movie right and his senior year he ended up being he started on all four special teams and was an absolute beast on kickoff cover in particular and we still show clips of him to this day (laughs) running down on kickoff cover and blowing up double teams and just being that guy yeah, and that to me was a success. Success. Yeah, and it wasn't the external uh, um, success of the all conference accolades or getting his name in the newspaper even one time, but for him and for everybody within that team, they saw him as an example of how what it is to be successful because he had just perse- persevered and made it. Um achieve the goal that he saw for himself and that we had discussed as a realistic goal for himself. It wouldn't have been realistic for me to fill his head of, dude, you're going to be an all-conference guy by the time you're, you're done here. Yeah. All right? But it was very realistic for me, for him, in my opinion of, you could be a special team's absolute ace for us if you put your mind to it and work for it. And I'm, I'm going to help you get to that point. And we got it done. Yeah. He got it done. And that was just as much of a success for me. And, and I got the same feeling for that kid. Uh, just the joy from watching his success as I did for the kid that was the All-American or the, you know, playing at the next level, whatever it may be. Well, I think it's important that you said the realistic goals yeah, and, and helping him set those realistic goals. That's important, yeah. right? Is 100%. it... Last qu- oh man, there's so many. We're at hour thirty, and we're not Arian Foster now. What pod? We can't go two hours. Oh, not Arian Foster. We're talking about this. It's we're getting into Joe, Joe Budden. Budden. The oh, the Budden. They'll go two thirty and not care. <laughs> but and that's with Parks dragging about thirty minutes of that too long. Shout out Parks. Um, last one. How do you refine your toolkit? Where do you guys go to refine how you lead? I will say. I am I maybe it's a fault but also I think it's a strength that I am always convinced I'm an imposter in this role so if you're convinced you're an imposter you're always trying to find new ways to hide and that means new shit what's the newest thing X what's the newest thing Y whether that's from this like David's thing what do you want to do about it you're kidding yourself you don't think my staff is getting that on May 8th and I know they're listening May 8th get ready I'm going to use that a bunch in this meeting. So I think I think it's a willingness to admit that I am not the expert I pertain to be. I'm just stealing and trying to learn. But you guys go. How do you refine? How do you sharpen your sword? Um, you know, for me, I, I 
you know, I wish I could sit up here and say I'm a I'm a big reader. You know, I I got I got a, <laughs> I got a ten year old at home <laughs> that will take a Harry Potter book that's five hundred pages and and read it in two days, <laughs> right? That's nonstop, right? right? I'm just not I'm not a big reader. I wish I was, right? But I've never been. You know, I, I'm a big consumer of information via the internet, whether it's podcasts, yep. whether it's You're 21st century, man, whether That's it's good. Twitter, you know. So I, I'm a big consumer there, uh, you know. But I, I think too, it kind of goes back to again, just how you kind of were brought up and how you were raised. Like for me, it was yep. always that you, you know, again. Never think that you're the smartest person Your in the shit room. Your shit stinks too. Yeah, yeah, my, <laughs> my shit is stanky, and, it, and it, you know, and again, you can always be learning right. from another individual. So whatever, any situation that I'm in, any uh, uh, meeting, conference, whatever, any interaction I'm in, I'm learning. I should be learning. I should be taking something out again. Not all the time it's going to be great information, mm-hmm. but I should be taking some now. And I, I think this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning with influencers, right? Yeah. We're all every interaction is a positive or negative influence, right? And again, I'm a I'm I'm very much a, a a glass half full type of individual where I always look to, you know, every every situation, every interaction is all right. What what's the positive I can take out of it? Yeah. So. I think you can pull something out of everybody or out of every interaction. So that's how I've always looked Even at it. Even if it's a, I'm not doing it that way. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. Again, yeah. some of the best things. When I was brand new into my brand new into leadership and general manager role, I went down. And, and, and again, I I, know, I, I, I I like to call out names and call out situations where I'm at. Mm-hmm. For one, they're probably not listening. Or I know they're not listening, but at the end of the day, I think it's important, right? Yeah. I was down in Austin, Texas at the Lifetime Fitness there. I went okay. down there to help. T- this, this, this club had just opened up to get shit turned around because it was it was a shit show. Okay. And I was down there as a regional sales lead, and there was a general manager there running that facility who was running this, this brand new, beautiful facility into the ground. Right. And he was awful. <laughs> And he was awful. Shout out to Mark Johnston. Um, but he was running into the ground. And the things I watched and I learned probably more from him than I have from anybody of what not to right. do. There's power in that, for There's sure. There's a lot of power into that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I think that's super, super important with yeah. being observant and being open to, to taking in those experiences uh, yeah. and allowing those to come in and recognizing for recognizing them for what they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, it was a shitty experience. You could have dismissed that. Instead. I could have dismissed it as, right, I can't take anything from this situation. I'm here for six months. Right. It's going to be an awful situation. I was like, you know what? I'm here for six months. You know what? I'm going to learn from all this shit show that's going right, on right. so that when I get into my situation – that I won't do the same things yeah. that this individual did. Right? Does yep. that make sense? No, for sure. Kane, because I, I know you're subject to the same in the coaching profession, David, it might exist in the same in the private industry, like conferences are the same as clinics. Oh, God. Oh, uh, here's the coaching con- – I just was – I was just in – shout out Mike Schwab. I was just at the NABC convention, right? Is that my only time to get better? Go ahead. <laughs> no. 
those things to be they and again very similar what david just said where you can find something out of any experience that you have and you can find whether the convention is going to allow you to uh, see speakers that you may take notes and go man this is on this is on point i'm gonna use some of this or you can see some speakers or presentations that you're going this is absolute bullshit i'm gonna <laughs> do the absolute the complete opposite of this um but for me i'm fortunate and i think within the football realm you're surrounded by 10 other 11 other coaches um Every, on a daily basis yeah and so you've got an opportunity to learn from each other all the time like i can step into different coaches meetings and watch and either help them and give them pointers or tips and or take pointers and tips from their presentation and so that's always to me i've been able to do that over the course of my career uh specifically these last couple of years at uw yeah where i was around i think you, you framed it as like grad there. school of football What's that? You had told me it was like grad school for football. Yes, yes. I mean, the, those guys are, uh, that's why they're successful. That's why Coach Peterson, the head coach, and, uh, their defense has been so su- successful because they've got such great coaches that do things um, and have gained all this knowledge and experience. And, and I was able to help and get myself in a position where I could take a lot of that knowledge and experience as well. And, and so. I think you can learn from your peers. You can learn from, uh, you know, I've watched my head guy every day. Yeah. And you try and, I mean, that, I think that's important too. have someone that, uh, whether it was when I was at UW, obviously Coach Peterson's an easy one to, I mean, this is a guy that has been extremely successful. I think Coach Chode is the same way. And all the head coaches I've been under, uh, that you can learn uh, ways in which you feel, yeah, man, I'm going to add that one to my, my repertoire, my playbook when I get to that position. Um, and you can take things the same way where, all right, yep, that's something that <laughs> I'm not going to do it that way. Yeah. I'm not going to do it this way. You know, or I'm going to form it or fit it to my personality. Uh, I've been a big, my one of my values in life is this never satisfied mentality mm-hmm. where there's always something that you can get better. There's always ways to learn. There's always things that, from whatever experiences that you can gain from. Uh, you should never be satisfied, man, or, or fight that complacency. You should never be comfortable because that's when you – I use this analogy with my players where as soon as you get comfortable, right, so you picture yourself driving down this path and it's your road to success. Mm-hmm. You're driving down the road to success. You're behind the wheel. Think of yourself on road trips. Kip, this one really will hit I'm probably you. asleep at the wheel, <laughs> unfortunately. As soon as you get comfortable in that freaking driver's seat, what happens? When I go to bed. You start to fall asleep at the wheel and you start to veer off that road of success. Yeah. Right? So you never want to get comfortable. You always mm-hmm. want to put yourself in an uncomfortable state, an uncomfortable position in order to stay on the track that you want to be on. Um, I've, I've found books to be very helpful and, and podcasts. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a mix of <laughs> the book and now the 21st century of Netflix, Podcast, baby. Twitter, info at, I mean, just at the snap of a finger, you can look up YouTube clips on drills and techniques, man. It's amazing how much stuff is on the internet. So you can just look up and go, hey, that's a hell of a drill. Let me try that today. Yeah. Or that's a, a new way to look at things. Um, but books all over the place, man. One book that I would recommend for not only for Kip as a coach, but David, you as well, as just a leader of, of men or people. Uh, legacy 
this was a book about the uh, the all black. Yep. The rugby on my team. desk. It's freaking phenomenal, man. It's, it's a really easy read too. Rugby team in New Zealand. Mm. Yep. And they're just the culture that they've built within their that the All Blacks rugby team is is awesome. And it's a like I said, it's a really easy read, and I think you can correlate to to a lot of different things within life. Yeah. Um, that's that's one book. There's another book I'm reading right now, um, called How to Get to Us, uh, which is is did a your really wife give you that? What's that? Did no, your wife assigned no. that to you? No, this one is, this one is uh, basically a case study of all these different coaches like uh, Dabble Sweeney, Urban yeah. Meyer, Doc Rivers, Mike Krzyzewski, and how they take individuals and get from I and me to us. And I me. was taught today at the NCAA Inclusion Forum that the number one human need is not water, it's not food, it's not mating. It's belonging. Mm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, yep. right? That's yep. that's us. Yep. Are you are you a reader, Kane? He is, isn't he? He's it's, killing us I in am. this category. God, fucking make know, me feel man. like such it, a it, fucking. It, it shocks me a little bit. <laughs> Heathen in that fucking <laughs> pest. What's that? You, I said you make me feel like a little heathen. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't no, don't get me wrong. I'm not that freaking. I can't sit down and, and read a novel on whatever but if it's something that i'm interested in yeah i'm I'm gonna read it because it's just like it's it's that thirst for knowledge man yeah yeah no i think that's yeah i just started you can't turn off a a podcast because it's interesting you read it no i heard it's good yeah i like the thirst for knowledge quote that's really good it is man if if you find a book and you read through the first couple pages of it you're like yes this hits home yeah this is interesting i can use this i'm gonna rip through it but if it's a book that is on something that, that uh, has nothing to do with anything that I'm interested in, I'm not going to be able to just read, just to read. Yeah. That was fantastic, gentlemen. Listen up. New version, new spin on it. Deep dive into leadership. That might be our best and longest that we'd ever pulled well, definitely off. definitely longest. Definitely longest. But I think our audio quality is going to be worth the listen. We'll pub it. Cross the Streams podcast. Content reminder, the opinions expressed on the Cross the Streams podcast are those of the host and the guests alone and do not reflect the opinions of the institutions, universities, or businesses that employ the hosts or the guests.